Sean Mize here for the first coaching call of the year. And I'm really excited about today. I'm excited about this year for you. I'm excited about this year for me. You know, one of the things that happens naturally at the beginning of the year is that we all begin to think about, uh, we tend to think about two things. Number one, wrap up last year. How did last year go? Did it go like our New Year's resolution said it would? Did it go like we set out to do? Uh, did our planning system work for last year? Did our time management system work for last year? Did our priority system work for last year? And then we, once we've kind of nailed that down, or maybe simultaneously, we begin looking forward into the new year. And we think about a couple of different things. One of the things that we think about is what we want to accomplish this year. And the second thing that we begin to think about is what's our time management planning priorities system? What, what method or system are we going to use for this year that's going to get us better results than we had for last year? Because what we tend to find is that almost always we don't, we don't hit our last year's goals when we look back on it. And so the question is, how can we change that? How can we set a goal for this year that is realistic, that at the end of the year we're going to be able to look back and say, wow, I hit the goal. Not only did I hit the goal, but I exceeded the goal. I hit the goal and I exceeded the goal. And by the way, I know there's a camp out there that says you shoot for the moon and you hit the stars if you miss. And in so much of my thought process, my entrepreneurial thought process, that's my core mindset. I mean, I'm always shooting for huge things, and if we don't hit them, that's okay. But at the same time, I see, especially in this industry, especially trying to work at home when you've got a husband or a wife who doesn't exactly understand what you're doing, who, you know, you've got children in the background, you've got things that you need to do. It's not like going to work from 9 to 5 and you've got your little cubicle and you've got a stay out sign on it and you've got earplugs and you kind of work in your cubicle or you have your office or you have a desk and you know exactly what you're supposed to do. You fit into a system. Well, working at home, you don't always know what you're supposed to do and so you end up, you need to spend some time thinking. Most days, you've got to spend some time thinking every day because it's your business. You see, whatever your 9 to 5 job is or was, you probably didn't have to think about what had to be done today. You knew what had to be done because your boss had either given you things to do or five years ago when he or she hired you, these were the things that you're supposed to do and you had a list and you just did them every day. Or uh, you, if you worked as a secretary for somebody, then they had a schedule and you would think for them, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's always focused on somebody else and somebody else's schedule and it's so much easier to make those decisions. But when it comes to you, you've got to have, have thinking time. You've got to have planning time. You've got to have strategy time. And, and that's tough when you work at home and there's so many distractions and there's things that are going on around you. The second thing that happens is because you're an entrepreneur, just because you're an entrepreneur, you see, most people are not entrepreneurs. You are not like most people. You're different. You are different than most people. You are different than most people that you know. You are most like the people that show up on this call as opposed to the people in your Sunday school group, as opposed to the people in your community group, as opposed to the people that you bowl with and you laugh with and you have fun with. 
You see, they're more alike to each other than you are to yourself because you have a vision for building something that has your name on it. You have a vision for changing the world. You may still have that nine-to-five job, but your, your heart sings for doing something bigger, for changing the world. That's, that's what drives you. And you, you see, if you didn't have that, you wouldn't be here. You'd be content to climb the corporate ladder, no matter what that looks like in your life. If that just means another dollar an hour raise this year, that would be okay. Boy, that, that'll almost make your stomach turn. If I, if, I, if I suggest to you that your goal this year is to get another dollar an hour raise, the truth of the matter is that makes your stomach turn. Why? Because you're an entrepreneur. You're different. You're different than the 95% of the rest of the people in the world that aren't in your category. And I believe there's a place to own that difference. You know, it's, it's kind of like when, when, when we go through school, you're coming up through school or you go to college, if you have a gift for art, you're different. But if we don't embrace your differentness, then you're not going to do any art. And if you have a great gift to make amazing art or sculpture or take pictures, or something like that, and, and you don't do it because you don't want to be different. It's like you shoot yourself in the foot. You have a gift to do art. Maybe you have a gift to do science, but because your parents believe that you should be an English school teacher, you do something that you hate. But that's the way the rest of the world is compared to you on this topic. You're different. You're an entrepreneur. And here's the thing. We have to embrace our entrepreneurness. We have to embrace the fact that we can take risks. I, I have an incredible stomach for risk. I can take amazing risks, which can be good, right? But hey, it can also be bad because it gives me a propensity to put things off to the last moment. I, can, I remember when I was in college, folks, I could risk not finishing the paper because I believed that I could start it at 11 p.m. at night if it was due at 8 o'clock the next morning. And by the way, I almost always had it turned in on time. I remember one time vividly that I got it finished at like 7.30 and then the printer wouldn't work and I turned it in at 30 minutes or 45 minutes late and that was one of my worst brushes with, with risk in college. Because my propensity to risk is good because it allows me to go off on my own, but it also allows me to feel like I can push things to the limit. You see, I can eat food that other people can't eat. I can eat food that has mold on it. I can eat chicken that is possibly old. Because I believe, and probably because I have a tough stomach, I don't get sick. But I can take that risk. Because there's an entrepreneurial gene in me that allows me to take risks. I'm an action taker. I will take action until I fall. I will take action. I'll push myself until I don't get enough sleep. And then I get sick. And there's so many of you, you may not have the same thing with some of the foods. But I'm, I'm just throwing that out there is you have a quirk that goes along with being entrepreneurial. You personally have a quirk that goes along with being entrepreneurial. And there's a good side to it and there's a bad side to it. And if you can manage the bad side and you can embrace the good side, you can really grow your entrepreneurial business. 
But if you take your entrepreneurial business and you're just always in the clouds because you're always dreaming of bigger and bigger and bigger things, and we embrace that. We embrace dreaming and doing bigger and bigger and bigger things. But if you don't do the steps to get you from where you're at to the dream, you will never get there. You will be an entrepreneur at heart for the rest of your life. You will be like someone that dreams of going to the Olympics in swimming and goes out and swims for five hours a day. Swim, 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 but they're swimming wrong. Instead of getting the best swimming instruction in the world and then practicing the best technique in the world for swimming, they think that they're going to get to the Olympics by spending five hours a day for ten years swimming, but they're not. It's not going to happen. But it's the same thing with being an entrepreneur. You are entrepreneurial in nature. You have the ability to take risk. You have the ability to make great dreams. But if you don't have the ability to check yourself, if you don't have the ability to create a plan and follow through, if you don't have the ability to dig in and do the hard work even when it hurts, if you don't have that ability, then you'll never get where you want to go. And I... I, you know, I almost want to say that's a guarantee. That's, that's a guarantee if you're not able to make that happen. And so what is that, how does that apply, how does that relate to what we're talking about for this year? You see, this is the first coaching call of the year. And, and you know, I'll be honest with you, I, I thought about teaching on a technical topic today, one I've been promising to do for a while, and, and yes, I'm putting it off one more week. Because I'm thinking, you know what, this, this is real time. You are getting bombarded with emails from people that are selling New Year's blueprint packages, New Year's architect your life packages. And some of you have bought those packages, and you'll dig in and you'll do the step-by-step stuff for the next 10 weeks, and you'll accomplish some things, but you'll be spinning your wheels because you won't actually be moving any closer to your dream because you're just following a system Instead of being the system, instead of being able to wake up in the morning and say, I know exactly what I want and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there, I'm going to push through and make it happen. So I would like to read a passage from a book I'm reading. My wife purchased a book for me for Christmas, and I'm reading it. I'm almost halfway through. I'm going to share the book with you. And I'm going to read a passage from it. I'm not going to give you a whole lot of background on it. If you want all the background, read the book. But I am going to share with you a passage. And I'll tell you, this passage is going to feel really depressing. It's going to say, is this what entrepreneurship is all about? Really, Sean? And the truth of the matter is I couldn't have written this better. I could not have described my first year in this business any better than the author of this book does. And so I want to share it with you. And the thing is, it's not pretty. It's bloody and gory. It it will give you burnout. One of the things that I've seen with most entrepreneurs is that they burn out before they get it figured out. That there, there is this drive inside of you that will get you from where you're at to where you want to go, but only if you actionate it and implement it. So First thing I'm going to do, I'm going to read you the passage. I'm going to reflect on it a bit. And then I, I want to give you a method that I believe will supersede any 10-step time management, priorities, 
anything program in the world that you can buy and do over the next 10 or 15 weeks from me or from anybody else. And you, and you may say, well, Sean, why would you promote something like that? Here's the thing, because some people need it. You need to go to the next level. You see, you're a next level person. That's why you're here today. That's why you're here today. So many people are not here today. You are willing to, 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 to take the time out of your week because you believe that you can extract something out of me teaching for 60 minutes. You believe that. I've received emails before when folks will tell me, I didn't come to your call live because I had more important things to do. Now, those aren't the words, but that's the gist of it. I had, I had other things to do. I scheduled something else that was more important. And, you know, the thing is, I have to be really careful here because there's a part of me that says, you know, okay, well, I could, I could get a little arrogance and, and fight with the issue, with that type of thing. But, you know, deep down inside, my thought is, if it's not important enough to show up live, if you can, and, and, and folks, for some of you that religiously listen to this as a recording at the end of the day, you know, you're in the camp of the people that show up live. So I just want you to understand that. Now, if you're the kind of person that every 10 weeks, you wish that you could go back and listen to all 10 hours, but you don't have time to do it because you haven't made a commitment, then I'm kind of talking about you. But for those of you that listen to this as a recording, you consistently, every week, you can't be here live because your job or because of something else that very much is important, and you make a commitment to listen to this the following night, then you're not in that category. So I don't, I don't want any ruffled feathers. I don't want any emails telling me that I hurt your feelings. I'm, gonna hurt, I'm not here to hurt your feelings. I'm here because it's the first coaching call of the year, and I want you set right. I don't want you going out and buying my or anybody else's 10-week program for organizing your life because I'm going to give you the key to making it happen right here, right now, and you're special because you're here. So the book is George Lucas, A Life. And if you're familiar with Star Wars, you know that George Lucas was the person that dreamed up Star Wars and that he wrote the first script four times before he was happy with it, spent years uh, negotiating and basically begging the, the movie industry to put up the 10 or $15 million that it would take to do the initial filming and all that because he didn't, he didn't have that. And he's done so many amazing things through the course of his life. And, and if you study his entire life, you go, wow, how could one human do all of those things? And, and here's the thing. When you look at somebody like George Lucas or you look at Steve Jobs or, or you look at Donald Trump or, or you look at Oprah Winfrey or anybody else that is, from a worldly perspective, very, very successful, it's easy, I think, to look at those people and think, wow, they're just productive machines. They get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and they plan out their day and they go work really hard all day long and they accomplish all their goals and they prioritize. You know, the truth of the matter is so many of those people fight the same battles that you do. They fight the same battles that you do. So many of them build their business to the detriment of their family. And, and, uh, and, and when they look back at their life, they'll say, I would trade them the money any day having spent more time with my family. So there's so many different things that go on, and, and I'm not going to judge any of that. That's not what this is about. But this is about saying sometimes you don't see behind the curtain, and I'm going to show you behind the curtain. 
This book was written by Brian J. Jones, and I'm going to move to page 167. And the first paragraph, and then I'm going to start the last paragraph of the page. I don't have a natural talent for writing, George Lucas confessed to Filmmaker's Newsletter in 1974. When I sit down, I bleed on the page, and it's just awful. Writing just doesn't flow in a creative surge the way other things do. Lucas would treat the writing of Star Wars as a full-time job, trudging up the stairs to his writing room each morning at 9 a.m., where he would then lower himself slowly into his wooden desk chair and stare at a blank page for hours, waiting for the words to come. Quote, I sit at my desk for eight hours a day, no matter what happens, even if I don't write anything. He explained it's a terrible way to live, but I do it. I sit down and I do it. I can't get out of my chair until 5 o'clock or 5.30. It's like being in school. It's the only way I can force myself to write. Over his desk, he hung a wild calendar to track his progress, vowing to write five pages daily and marking off each day with a big dramatic X. On a good day, he might have one page completed by 4 p.m. Then with an eye on the clock, he would scramble to write the four remaining pages over the next hour. If he could finish his pages early, he would permit himself to knock off for the rest of the day and maybe reward himself with a bit of music from one of his most prized possessions. A glowing, uh, garish, fully functional 1941 Wurlitzer jukebox, which Lucas had loaded with his own collection of rock and roll 45, as the diamond's little darling wailed from Wurlitzer's throbbing speakers, Lucas would kick back in his chair, tennis shoes off and shirt tail untucked, lost in the music and grateful to be done for the day. Most days, however, the jukebox would remain quiet, its neon lights dark, and no words would be written at all. At 5.30, he would tromp downstairs to watch the evening news with Walter Cronkite, glaring with anger over a TV dinner as he skewed about the blank pages he'd left upstairs. Quote, you go crazy writing, Lucas said later. You get psychotic. You get yourself so psyched up and go in such strange directions in your mind that it's a wonder that all writers aren't put away someplace, end quote. Here's the thing, if, if I'd have read this in any other context, you might think that that is a page out of a depressed failure in life, somebody who never accomplished anything. It's George Lucas. I'll be honest with you, many of the things that I do in my business, when I'm figuring out, when I'm learning, when I had to figure out software before WordPress was really easy and other people did it for me, I could substitute the word writing for many other types of things. That type of effort right there, I believe, is what it's going to take to get you from today to the end of the year and accomplish your goal. So let's talk about goals. Here's what most people do for New Year's. They make a huge goal. It's multiple goals. I'm going to write a book this year, and I'm going to create a new website, and I'm going to put a 1,000 articles on it and I'm going to do 100 videos. I'm going to create the most amazing training program in the world for my niche. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start a mastermind. I'm going to do all of these things, and it's going to be wonderful. And then they go out, and they buy one of those 10-week training programs, and they block everything down into these little tiny segments. I'm going to do this much today. I'm going to do this much tomorrow. I'm going to do this much the next day. And at the end of the year, it's all done. And the thing is, that's a phenomenal plan. That's a phenomenal plan. The problem is, after one week, it all falls apart. Because as soon as you get behind by one day, you have your mind tells you there's no way that you'll be able to finish this by the end of the year. Because you have scheduled yourself so tight 
that there's no way that if you miss a day that you'll be able to catch up. And then some of you, you have so much internal fortitude. You have so much internal fortitude that you're, I'll just make it up somewhere. I'll take it away from my wife. I'll take it away from my husband. I'll take it away from my children. I'll, I'll forego my vacation. And all that's good until you get to the middle of June. You get to the middle of June. It's time to take your vacation. And you are so dead dog tired that you have to take your vacation. But because you're a month behind on accomplishing this year's goals, you take all your work with you because you hope you can catch up. The problem is as soon as you get on vacation, your body knows that you're on vacation, and so it slacks and it relaxes. You spend your whole vacation frustrated because you are trying to work, but it's not working, and you're trying to vacation. And then at the end of two-week vacation, you come back, and you're tighter than you were in the first place. You'd have been better to leave it all at home and come back fresh. The problem is now you're six weeks behind on the, pro- on the problem. Now, now, obviously, I could go at this in a 100 different directions, but for all of you that have done that type of thing in the past, you know that that's what happens when you just book yourself solid to accomplish a zillion things. That's different if you're booking yourself solid to accomplish one thing. Let's say that you want to write a book this year. And your book's going to have 12 chapters, and you say every month I'm going to write one chapter, and a chapter has 40 pages, and so I'm going to write two pages a day for 20 days. That's fine because that's an hour's worth of work. And if it means you've got to go an hour and a half, it means you've got to double up one day, then that's the kind of thing that, that, that you can do this kind of thing with. You can schedule out finite activities. You, I do not believe that you can just schedule out huge things you've never done before in this way. And you say, Sean, how am I going to accomplish all of those things? The truth of the matter is you don't need to accomplish all of those things. If you only accomplish one of all the things on your list and solidly accomplish it at the end of the year, you'll be better off than if you halfway accomplish everything on your list. Look back at last year. What did you accomplish and what did you not accomplish? What was on your list at the beginning of last year to accomplish? Let me ask you this. If there was one thing on your list that you would have rather accomplished than all the things that you have accomplished, what is it? It's not something you actually accomplished, is it? At this point, looking back in time, would you be willing to trade all the other things you worked on to have that one thing completed? I would. I would. I did not accomplish my one big goal for last year. You can say, Sean, you. Yeah, you're right. I did not. Why? Because I tried to do 18 different things. This year, one thing. Seriously, one thing. Now, obviously, do I have to run the business at the same time? Yes. Do I have to coach at the same time? Yes. Do I need to do a weekly training? Yes. Are there, are there some little things? that Yeah, but in terms of something brand new, something, one thing, one thing. And, and here's the thing. Some of you are just so scared that you'll limit yourself. You'll limit yourself. You only have one thing. But if you set yourself one thing and you don't finish the one thing, then what makes you think you could have accomplished ten things? I mean, seriously, let's just get real here. Let's leave our entrepreneurial dreaming aside for a moment. You see, that's what makes, separates dreamers from doers. This separates the, the normal, ordinary entrepreneur that never gets past making a few hundred bucks a month to the entrepreneur that changes the world because they have money left over at the end of the month that they can invest in other people. That's the difference. The difference is that the the people that are able to make it all the way, they're able to dream big, but then they 
go do hard, 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 bleeding finger type of work to make that dream happen. So here's the thing. If you set yourself out to do these 10 things and you schedule them all, and you really believe, right now, you really believe you'll accomplish them all, then if I suggest to you to just do one thing and then all of a sudden the fear comes into your mind, well, what if I don't even finish that? The thing is, if you can't even finish the one thing, how could you finish the 10? Okay, so you, do you see the logic that has to happen that's got to overrule your emotionalism? Okay, so then you say, then you say, well, what if I could have accomplished 10 things? Okay, great. Take your number one thing, the number one most important thing of the year. Do it. If you finish it in March, then in the next month, you have nine more months to do one more thing on your list. And if it's possible to do all ten items, then you'll just do one at a time. You'll finish the book this month. You say it's impossible to write a book in a month. Almost every uh, – I hate to say almost every. It's probably true. If you look at most books that are not fiction 700-page books, but if you look at most nonfiction books, you'll probably find that 80% of all of the usable content was created in one month. The rest of the year was spent on all the little things making it perfect. Seriously, if you were to buckle down and write every day, if you were to buckle down and write every day in the first month, you'd have the book finished, and then if you buckled down in the second month, you'd have it completely edited, and you say, well, Sean, you told me not to worry about the other nine things. You're right, because when the number one most important thing is done on March 1st or April 1st, you're able to say, okay, it's New Year's Day all over again. What's the most important thing that's left on my list? What's the most important thing I want to do in my business? Go do that. And if that takes you six months, there's no skin off your back because you have already accomplished this year's goal for yourself. Now, folks, I hope that I have given you enough food for thought that you can convince yourself that if you would just single-mindedly focus on accomplishing the most important thing in your business, you can do it this year. But I also submit to you that if you fall prey to entrepreneurial dreaming syndrome that says that you can do 10 things this year when you couldn't complete two last year, you will spend this year spinning your wheels always behind, frustrated, and end up with a bunch of uncompleted projects at the end of the year. It happens to me, it happens to most people, and it will probably happen to you. And and folks, I get that this is probably the most negative New Year's uh, resolution or blueprint talk that you'll hear all year long. It's the most negative one because just about everybody else out there, and I used to do it, I used to do it, rah, rah, make your goal, go out there and do it, rah, rah, rah. The truth of the matter is, rah, rah won't keep you going in the dark days of March and April. Rah, rah, rah won't keep you going when you are totally spent in May and June. Rah, rah won't keep you going when in September you've only quarter through everything that you wanted to do through the end of the year. You've got to buckle down and say, I'm going to do it no matter what. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to focus on it. I'm going to laser focus on this one thing. And now, by the way, can the one thing have multiple parts? Of course. If you're writing a book, there's multiple parts. One is outline the whole thing. The second part is write everything. The third part is uh, get a publisher. The fourth part is edit the thing. 
The, the fifth part is, you know, don't be tempted to throw the whole thing out when you're sick of it. And seriously, it's got multiple parts, just like if you're creating a, a new website. It's going to have multiple parts. If you're creating a new training program, a new coaching program, um, I, I really believe that for those of you that are teaching other people how to do things, the number one biggest, bestest way that you can deliver the most value to the most humans is through coaching, not through creating a training program. Now, part of your business is creating a training program. Part of your business is creating a training program so that you have it. So for many of you that started creating a training program two months ago, I don't want you to throw it away and jump ship. I want you to finish it because you'll have it. I mean, hey, I've got, what, 150, 200 training programs. People learn from them. But where do people get the most value? It's right here. And so you want a right here in your business. Folks, I want to give you one book assignment. By the way, if you'll read George Lucas, uh, A Life by Brian J. Jones, you'd be amazing what you'll learn about entrepreneurship. Just be amazing. Of course, if you read so many other biographies of entrepreneurial types of people, if you read the big uh, biography of uh, Steve Jobs, just be amazing what it'll do for you, uh, the biography. And it may not be so much a biography, but a description of his work, Johnny Ive. Um, I'll try to select a couple others. Uh, I'll tell you, reading about Oprah Winfrey can just be amazingly inspiring, like her or not. Reading about Donald Trump, if he doesn't make you sick to your stomach, can be really inspiring. you got to kind of look through some of the hype. But if you look at the story, if you look at him as the fight, then you can borrow from that. So if, if you can go out there, and you may not want to read about George Lucas. It might not have anything, any, any good thing for you. But I find that when I read about an entrepreneur that does amazing things, it just stimulates great things inside of me, and it gives me an energy that pushes me to the next level. And then I want to give you an assignment. And even for those of you, I gave you this assignment last year, and I'll tell you, this assignment has probably produced the most number of people, with the possible exception of, yeah, I mean, I, I think, if anything, this is a close second, but one of the top two biggest things that people have ever come to me and said, wow, you changed, or top three if we look at 10 years, top three things that folks have come to me and said, this changed my life. This changed my life, and that was the book I'm going to get ready to recommend. Now, the book that I'm getting ready to recommend is useless if you don't haven't figured out what you're going to do this year. It might help you, but you've got to pare down from 10 items to one. For those of you that read this last year, you had a great boost, and now you're starting to, to drag off, read it again. It's The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. That book, if you'll implement it, if you'll implement it, it will completely get rid of time management in your life. It will get rid of slaving away at uselessly to fig, fig, finish ten things instead of one. It will completely change the way that you have priorities. It will take stress out of your life in, during the work time that you do if you simply use the method that those folks uh, recommend. It's absolutely amazing what it will do for your mindset when you're working. And here's the thing, folks. When you're able to calm your mindset, you're able to work so much more productively. You see, if I'm just trying to scramble to finish something up, I am – it depends on exactly what I'm doing. I mean, sometimes it gives me the heightened 
mentality to just finish it off if I'm finishing off a sales letter. But if I'm working on a big concept kind of thing, I don't need to be stressed. I need to have a calm mindset so that I can brainstorm and I can be creative. And when you're able to manage, when you're able to manage your work time by focusing on what's important rather than what feels pressing or what fits into time management, you'll be amazed at what happens. So I recommend that. The second thing I want to give you, the second thing I want to give you is don't go any further this year until you figure out what's the number one most important thing you want to accomplish this year. You may say, Sean, well, what about number two and number three? I'm not saying throw them out. You can leave them, but lock them up in a safe. Finish the number one thing first. And then, then in February or March, if it's finished, you'll be able to say, I have completed this year. If I do nothing else this year, I have completed this year. Everything else I do is a bonus. And then you can go on and do item number two as a bonus. You can go on and do item number three as a bonus. So, folks, that's what I want to leave you with. Choose that one thing. And I hope that I've given you enough food for thought today that you'll recognize the emotional sabotage that happens as an entrepreneur where you tell yourself two things. Number one, you can do more than you really can do. You can do more than you really can do. And number two, that all you have to do is just manage your time better and you can get more done. The truth of the matter is neither one of those things work well for truly productive people. By the way, do they work well for people that have a nine-to-five schedule and all they've got to do is crank one thing out every hour? Yes, those things work wonders for those kinds of people. But you're not that kind of person. You may be nine-to-five, but... In your business, you're not that kind of person. You're a big thinker, and you're an entrepreneur. And so you've got to guard against trying to do too much, and you've got to guard against overscheduling yourself just so you can get more done. Because, and I'm going to say it, 80 to 90% of all the actions that you take during your day are not necessary to achieving your goals. They're not necessary to achieving your goals. And when you focus only on the big goal, you'll find you're not working on all the minutiae. The minutia takes care of itself. And at the last minute, sometimes minutia that could have taken you 10 hours to do if you planned it all in, if the deadline is 15 minutes away, you'll get 10 hours of minutia done in 15 minutes. Part of it is you'll trash some of it. You say, I'm not even going to do it. It's not important. And if it's not important at the last minute, it wasn't important all the way through. The truth of the matter is you'll never know what those items are unless you focus on the big picture, the big dream that one thing that you're going to accomplish for this year. And, folks, I get it. This is a totally different New Year's Day pitch than you've probably ever heard in your life, more negative than positive. But I believe that as entrepreneurs, we've got to recognize the negative traits in us as entrepreneurs, recognize them so that we can deal with them, and then say, what's the best way that I can overcome? And I believe the best way you can overcome this year is to have one one goal, one project that will make your year and go out there and make that one thing happen.